0: The forgiveness of Christ, what an important thing that we recognize and we understand. That's what Jesus did for each and every one of us. When he came to this earth, he died on the cross, and when he rose again, he did that to give us forgiveness. And aren't you glad that he did? Because if he had not done so, where would we be? What hope would we have? What joy could we find? Because there would be none. If it were not for the fact that even in our sin, God loved us. And today that's what we're talking about, that's what we're celebrating in this moment as we gather together and worship here today. Don't ever forget, God loves you, God cares, God has given you that amazing gift, that incredible gift of the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ when He died on the cross and then when He rose again, that we rose with Him, new life is ours because of Christ. Today we're going to jump into God's Word and I'm going to share some things with you that I believe are very important, that are pivotal, especially in a moment like we have today in a world that is so uncertain, in a world that is full of fear, in a world that honestly doesn't know what tomorrow holds. We have not only an opportunity, a privilege, but we have a duty, a responsibility to be faithful to the call of God. And so I want to share that with you. I want you to turn off all the distractions right now. For the next couple of moments, we're going to be opening God's Word, and I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in the fourth chapter in just a few moments, and then we're going to walk through several different passages in the book of Matthew as we find what it is exactly that God desires of you and me. But before we jump into that, let's pray together that God would bless the reading of His Word. Heavenly Father, we thank You today for the hope that we have. God, we need encouragement. God, we need to be reminded of the promise that you've given, the hope that you've extended because of what Christ has done. God, we sit in a world today that uh, is isolated more than it's ever been. God, we find ourselves in situations wondering what tomorrow might hold. God, I just pray that you would constantly remind us that there is hope, constantly remind us That you provide peace, as Philippians 4 tells us, the peace that goes beyond anything that we could possibly imagine, more than we could ever understand. And God, I pray that in our time together today, as we open your word, as we spend time seeing what it is exactly that you want to say to us today, God, I pray that you would use the words from your word to encourage our hearts, to challenge us to serve, to challenge us to do, to challenge us to tell to tell others what you've done and what you want to do in their lives. And God will give you the praise. And if there's somebody watching today, Lord, who might have never come to the place where they recognize their need for a Savior, even though the Bible tells us that we're all sinners in desperate need of a Savior, even though the Bible clearly has given us that that statement that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, God, I pray that today that you would help them to see and recognize that Jesus is the one who came to save us from our sins that he died and that he rose again. And before this hour is over, God, that they will come to the place where they make the decision, that they believe that he, Jesus, is your son, that he died and that he rose again, and that today that they would call on your name and be saved. And God, for that, we give you the praise, we give you the glory in advance of the work that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, last week we were in uh, the last sermon in a series that we entitled Famous Last Words, where we talked about the words that Jesus gave. Now, we spent several weeks talking about those seven statements that Jesus made on the cross before he died. And then last week we went, we fast forwarded, if you will, before Jesus ascended into heaven and we shared that one statement that he gave there. It's found in Matthew 28, Mark 16, Acts chapter 1. Uh, But also what we find in Revelation 22, uh, the two last statements that Jesus made, the first that he made on this earth, the second that he made in his word. And both of those give us a very clear statement that he wanted to kind of convey two very important thoughts. And those two very important thoughts for us is that we must go and tell and that Jesus is coming soon. Both of those are important statements. One, it's a challenge to us, for us to do something. But it's also important that we recognize that time is short. That we don't have a lot of time in order to accomplish, to do what it is that Christ has called us to accomplish. Now, we ended last week in Acts chapter 1. I want to read that verse, and we're going to jump into the book of Matthew in just a moment. But I'm going to go back and read that verse in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And Jesus said these words before he ascended into heaven. He said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Now, what an important statement that was. That what he said, he said this, and you shall. In other words, we don't have an option. We don't have the luxury of deciding, well, if it's convenient, I'll tell people about Jesus. If we have an opportunity, if the door opens, I'll tell people about Jesus. No, Jesus clearly commanded us, told us, you must do this. And that's what Acts chapter 1, Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16 all very clearly tell us, that Jesus commanded us to tell people about what he has done. Our call to tell people about Jesus is not a suggestion, it's not an option, it is a directive that comes directly from Him, that comes directly from His heart, a passion that He gave to us. And so we don't have the opportunity to sit back and wonder uh, if a door opens. We don't have to sit back and and, and kind of think it through and figure out how we're going to do this, and well, maybe I'll share my faith. No, listen, the world desperately needs to hear about Jesus. And Jesus clearly told us in this passage, you better tell them. He said this, you shall receive power. In other words, God's going to give to you that power. The Holy Spirit is in us and with us. And that power that comes to us is one that will give us the the, the things that we need, will give us the encouragement that we need, the strength that we need, in order to do the second part of that statement where he said, and you shall tell them. You shall be witnesses to me. So here's a question for you today. Are you being a good witness? Are you being faithful in telling people about Jesus? Are you actually taking the opportunities that are in front of you? Are you making opportunities to tell people of who Jesus is and what he's done? Because it's clear, it's very important that we understand that when Jesus came to this earth, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago on Easter when he died on that cross, And when he, three days later, walked out of that tomb, he didn't do that for a select group. He didn't do that just for the good people. He didn't do that just for, uh, you know, a certain area or a certain country or a certain race. He did that for all. The Bible tells us that he came to seek and to save that which is lost. The Bible tells us that he's not willing that any should perish. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that the world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. So are you telling? Are you sharing? Are you letting people know who Jesus is and what he has done? Make no mistake. Jesus commanded you to do exactly what he's called you to do. And not only did Jesus command it, he also taught it. He actually taught us how to do it, which is such a good thing, such a great thing that God allows through his word for us to be encouraged on how to actually accomplish what it is that he's told us to accomplish. If you go into scriptures, Matthew chapter 4, I told you to turn there a few moments ago. In verse 19, Jesus said these words as he walked by the seashore one day and he saw some people there. He saw Peter and he saw Andrew and he saw John. And here's what he said. He said this, then he said to them, follow me, And I will make you fishers of men. Now, how is that possible? How is it that Jesus gave us this statement that we could be fishers of men? In other words, that we could reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, here's what he said. Follow me. For the next three years of his life, as Jesus spent his time on this earth, and all the things that he did, all the things that he said... All of his actions, all of his sermons, all of the parables that are given in the Gospels, all of them are very clearly given so that we would know how to follow him. So in other words, Jesus clearly lived his life as an example on following, on how it is that we can actually do as Jesus said, that we can actually use our life as an opportunity to do as he did, not to simply, he didn't say, do as I say, we're told to do as he did in other words to live our life according to the way that he lived his life and so if we will spend our time in God's word studying the life of Christ then we will be able uh, to understand how we can reach the world for Christ and I want you to understand and know that biblical illiteracy is the reason that we have not seen revival The reason that we've not seen revival in our world, the reason that we're not reaching millions of people every day with the gospel of Jesus Christ, is not because the gospel is not effective. It's not because the gospel doesn't work anymore. It's because the people of God, the people of the church of Jesus Christ, that we have not been following, that we've not been doing exactly as Jesus has commanded us to do. And so he taught it. If you walk through the gospels over and over again he made it clear what it is that we need to do he shared with us how to live he talked to us about what we must do as followers of christ to uh, accomplish the things that god has given to us to accomplish and so uh, he taught it every single day and why is this so important it's so important because today the world needs it the world in which we live is in trouble i don't know if you've been paying attention but regardless of whether you're watching the news or picking up a newspaper or or maybe scrolling online you you see that in every corner of the globe in in every country in every situation our world is in desperate need our world is in trouble and our world needs hope and unfortunately today so often people are looking for hope in all of the wrong places They're looking for hope in things that cannot provide that hope. They're looking for joy. They're looking for peace in places where they can never be found. When you go into scriptures, if you flip over a couple of chapters into Matthew chapter 9 and verse 37, uh, it says here about Jesus and a statement that he had that he made to his disciples. It said, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few the harvest is plentiful in other words the work it needs to be done the problem is jesus said there's too few people who are actually doing the work man the world desperately needs jesus if you spend any time at all online if you spend any time at all on television following kind of the things that are going on in our world man the world needs jesus and we have been sent to tell them about jesus Our world today is in a lot of trouble and it's not just because of a disease. It's not just simply because of the coronavirus that our world is in trouble. It's not because of the economic climate that our world is in trouble. It's not because of the unemployment rate or all of the other things that we seem to be so worried about and so focused on. Those things are problems. But ultimately what the world desperately needs is the gospel It needs to hear that Jesus came to this earth, that he died on the cross for our sins, and that he rose again. And by believing that he is God's son, by believing that he died and that he rose again, that we will have hope, not only for now, but hope for eternity. The world needs the message that we have. The world needs the hope that we have. The world needs the joy that we found in Christ Today, our worship team has been leading us, singing uh, and leading this morning, sharing with us the great truths of the message of the gospel, forgiveness. Man, that's not something we can find on our own. It's not something that we can conjure up in our own doing. We can't get that forgiveness except through Jesus Christ. That's where it's found. And the world needs to hear that truth. The world is ready for a new day. The world is ready for answers. The world is ready for something that will bring change. The only question is, will we be faithful? We already know, we've already shared it, that Jesus told us what we're supposed to do. We know Jesus clearly in his last words before he ascended into heaven, he told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He told us to make disciples of all the nations. He told us to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth to let people know what it is that he had done just a few days prior when he died and then when he rose again. The question is, are we faithful? Are we doing what he's commanded us to do? Are we doing exactly what it is that we know as people of faith is the only way out? It's the only hope we can find the only joy that we can grab a hold of are we doing it today matthew chapter 24 if you flip over again a few more chapters we kind of get a picture of what is happening in our world this was written 2,000 years ago but man it couldn't be more relevant for today in matthew chapter 24 verses 9 and following it says then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for not my name's sake and then it says many will be offended will betray one another will hate one another then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold man that sounds like the world in which we live it sounds desperate it sounds like a place that desperately needs something that can bring an infusion of joy something that can bring encouragement, something that can help people, their hearts to be lifted in the midst of all this desperate situation. And here's the answer. Here's what it is. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Aren't you grateful for that truth? That we can sit here today, even in the midst of quarantine, even in the midst of a coronavirus, even in the midst of a pandemic, that we can be encouraged because Jesus is still the answer do you believe that if you do and I hope that you do I pray that you do are you letting others know about it now here's the good news here's the one thing that I want to share with you that I don't want you to miss in all of this we've talked about how Jesus commands us to do it we've talked about how he taught us how to do it we've talked about how the world desperately needs it here's the good news the good news is this no matter how inadequate you might feel No matter how afraid you might seem, no matter how, uh, you know, desperate this seems, like, like I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to turn, I don't know the words to speak. Here's the good news. You can do it. You can actually accomplish what Christ has called you to accomplish. Look in the scriptures, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And the second part the first part of the verse and it says this and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Hey here's the good news Jesus told us already in Matthew chapter 24 the gospel will be preached. Not it might be, not it could be, not we hope it will be. He said it will be preached. Now, if he said those words, it will be preached, it will be shared, it will be told. There's only one way that's possible, and that is that the church of Jesus Christ can do what he's called us to do. If we also look in scriptures in first Peter chapter three, verse 15, it says this, but sanctify the Lord or set yourself apart in the Lord, in your hearts and listen to this and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you as a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You know what that verse tells us? No matter what day it is, whether it's a Sunday or whether it's a Thursday or whether it's a Saturday night, always be ready to share the hope, the joy, the love, the peace, the encouragement that you have in your heart because of Christ. Always be ready to share that. Always be ready to tell that. And you might be sitting there saying, but I don't know what to say. I don't know how to tell that. I don't know how to share that. Let me give you one more verse. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It's a familiar verse. It's one that's always taken out of context, and I I don't want to take it out of context today. In fact, I want to use it exactly in the context in which it was delivered by the Apostle Paul. Here's what he said. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. Now, the way that verse is constantly taken out of context is that people think and say that they can do anything that they want to do because of Christ. That's not the the answer. That's not the context that this is given to us in God's Word. It's given to us to make this clear statement, that you can do exactly what it is that God has called you to do because Christ is in you. You can accomplish the commands that God gives to us through His Word because Christ is in us. That there's nothing that God has called us to that He has not also equipped us to do. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't it great to know that when we feel inadequate, God's already told us, oh, you can do this. When we feel like we don't know the words to say, we don't know how to share our faith, that God's already told us, oh, you, you've got this because I'm with you. That no matter what it might be, no matter how difficult the situation might seem, no how desperate it might be, God has told us, you can do it. And that's good news. We live in a world today where constantly we're talking. We're constantly sharing information. We live in the most connected world, the connected time in, in the world's ever seen. And right now, especially in this midst of this quarantine time, this pandemic time, man, we're using social media to connect with people all over the world, and we do it constantly. Now, some people are using this time to connect with people and kind of sharing things that, well, really don't make an impact, really don't make a difference. In fact, let me just give you an example right now. Take a look at this video. The Instagram fam, day 68 quarantine, day 68 without a haircut. Wanna let you know today, check in my mail. Check in my mail. Ooh, look at that, a letter.
1: Guys, day something of quarantine. I don't even know. One thing that I like to do is to keep in shape during this time is paddleboarding in my living room. It's a fantastic workout. Make sure you don't fall in, but give it a chance.
0: People are sharing things that really don't make a difference at all. And whether it's on Snapchat or TikTok or Facebook or Twitter, man, they're talking about things that are totally irrelevant. They're telling us about their meals, you know, that they make. They're talking about how they made a peanut butter sandwich yesterday. They're showing us video of how they're actually, you know, making a a burger on the grill. Those things are nice. Those things are fine, but they will not change the world. And so I want to challenge you in this time. When people are looking for information, where they're constantly scrolling up and down, trying to to see something that might gain interest, that's something that might catch their attention. Use this opportunity to reach people with the gospel. This week, we're going to be moving into the month of May, and in the month of May, there are uh, groups all over the world that are coming together for what we're calling Go 2020. And it's a time when we're challenging 100 million Christians, 100 million followers of Christ around the world to share their faith with 10 people in the month of May. Now, if you do the math there, if 100 million people share their faith with people 10 times in the month of May, then what that tells us is that we will reach people with the gospel. A billion people will hear the gospel in the month of May. And I want to challenge you to be a part of it. And so just pick up your phone. I mean, you're telling people about your haircuts. You're telling people about what your dog is doing. You're telling people about the sandwich that you made. Why don't you tell people about what Jesus has done? And don't be afraid. Fear is the uh, tool that Satan uses to keep us from being obedient. Don't let that happen. And so pick up your phone and go on whatever social media outlet that you want to go on and just take a moment, 30 seconds or a minute, whatever it might be, and tell people what Jesus has done in your life. And I want to challenge you and encourage you to do that. You can put our hashtag, if you will, on there, hashtag TRBC, because we want to share that and we want to send that out to different places so that the world will hear the gospel. Using this opportunity, when a world and a time when people are glued to their screens, why don't we use it for good? People don't care about the sandwich you ate, but my friends, the world desperately cares about finding hope. And that hope is only found in Jesus. So take the time right now. Make a video. Share your faith. Pick up the phone and call your friends. Call your family. Let them know who Jesus is and what he's done. That he came to this earth and died on the cross for their sins because he loves them that much. That God loves them despite their sin. That Romans 5, 8 tells us that God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners that Christ died for us take this season this moment this time in history to let it be the most important and the most effective opportunity of reaching people with the gospel that we have ever seen I firmly believe that in a season and a time when the church buildings are empty that the church itself might grow in ways that we've never seen before I believe revival can break out In this time, not because people are filling a room, but because the church of Jesus Christ is telling a story. Because the church of Jesus Christ is sharing their faith. Because the church of Jesus Christ is doing exactly what it is that Christ has commanded. Go into all the world and tell them. Preach the gospel. My friends, the gospel is the only hope that we have. Jesus is the only answer there is. There is one hope, and that is found in Jesus Christ. And so today, if you're watching this, wherever you might be, maybe you're sitting at home with your family, maybe you're, maybe you're sitting by yourself on your computer, maybe you're driving down the road listening on the radio, wherever you might be and whatever it is that you might be going through, whatever situation it is that you might be facing, know this, God loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you've lived. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made, the people that you've hurt. Those things don't really matter in the scope of eternity. Because God tells us that while we are all sinners, that he came through his son Jesus to give us a gift. Romans 6.23 tells us that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And how do we get that gift? How do we receive that gift that changes everything? It comes through believing. It comes through believing that Jesus is God's son. Believing that he is the only way to salvation. Believing that he did die on the cross and that he did rise again. And if we believe that, Romans 10, 13 tells us that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So right now, wherever you are, and I don't care about who's sitting next to you. I don't care about the distractions that might be going on. I want you to focus and listen to what I have to say to you today. God loves you. Christ died for you. He rose again for you. And all that you must do today is to believe the truth of the gospel. That to believe that he is, Jesus is God's son. To believe that he, Jesus, did die on the cross. To believe that he, Jesus, did rise again. And if you will believe that, and if you will call on his name, then God will forgive your sin and he will save you today to save you for now, but also to give you the hope and the promise of eternity in heaven, a very real place that God has prepared for us. Jesus in John 14 said, I go to prepare a place for you. He was talking about you. And so today I want you to join me just in a moment in prayer. Asking God to do what he desires to do. Asking God to do what he wants to do. And so I'm just going to ask you with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, unless you're driving down the road listening on the radio, you can keep your eyes open. But I want you in a spirit of understanding, in a spirit of rejoicing, in a spirit of belief, to simply ask God to do today what I know God wants to do and what only God can do, and that's to save you. Would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. And I've messed up over and over again. But God, I thank you that you love me anyway. And God, today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I ask you today to save me through your son, Jesus. I believe that he's your son. I believe that he died and that he rose again. Thank you, God, for saving me. And help me to walk with you, to live for you for the rest of my life as you give me the power to do it. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know there is a celebration in heaven today because right now you are a child of God. You have been saved, you've been forgiven, and you have the promise of heaven. And so I want to help you to begin this brand new walk with Christ in your life. If you would just email me at pastor at trbc.org. And just email me and just let me know I prayed that prayer with you today. I promise you that we will be praying with you, praying for you. We would love to share some information with you to help you begin this brand new journey of what it looks like to be a child of God. Just email me today and let me know as we celebrate, as we rejoice in the promise, in the hope of a very real place called heaven because of a very real God who gave his only son. That, my friends, is the message of the gospel. And today... Let's share it. Let's tell it. And together, let's change the world.
1: i Oh
0: And I want to thank you for joining with us together today as we see what it is that God has done for us all. And today, if you've made a decision for Christ, or if you would like to talk further about what it is that God has done for you in the giving of his son, Jesus, I would encourage you to email me at the address that is on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you to help you begin a brand new journey with Christ. If you would like to help contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with an amazing message of God's love.